Welcome back to the Girl at the Game podcast, the sports podcast by women for everyone in partnership with CLNS Media, brought to you by Baseball Barbecue. We are your hosts, Gabrielle Starr, founder of Girl at the Game, and Al of Nesson. And we are joined today by an absolute superstar guest. This is like a total fangirl moment for me. Paige Derenak, social media influencer and professional golfer, is here. Paige, thank you so much for being our guest. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm really excited. This is so cool. It's so much fun. Al and I always have the best time when we get to talk to fellow women in sports because it's like there's kind of this kinship, you know, shared experiences, shared misery, all of that. I know, like it never happens. So it's just guys. <laughs> they don't understand what we go through all the time. And it's funny because we connected like through Twitter and I've met so many other women like in sports that way. And so it's always fun to like come on their podcast and like help them out because I mean, there's very few of us. And so we need to stick together. Totally. And it's actually funny that you say that because I saw last night and this doesn't have anything to do with sports, but I saw a tweet last night that it was like an NBC show, apparently a female general drama in the works from three men. (laughs) And I was like, that's exactly what this world needs. Three dudes writing a show about women, peak men thinking that like they should be in charge of everything. And we know your experiences. We're not women, but we totally know. And like, we should write this show ourselves. And I was just like, that's exactly what we need right now. So I just thought that was so they under- Yeah, because like they understand us so well, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. They're they're just like, oh, you know, let me tell you all about your own experiences. Sexism in sports. I've totally experienced that as a dude. Give me a break. No, and it's funny too because I'll see some guys. They'll another guy will like mansplain something to them, and they get so offended. I'm like, this is our everyday life. Every single tweet that's added, every single message. This is what we get all the time, and you get so upset over one little comment. Like, welcome to our lives. <laughs> My favorite is when someone explains a statistic to me that I tweeted out, and I'm like, do you not think I understand? The tweet that I researched and posted on my own account. What are we doing here? I know what a batting average is. Thank you very much. Don't forget that they'll say like honey or sweetie or baby, babe, in that tweet as well. And now it has to be so frustrating for you when you try to do golf commentary because you played at a very high level. You're a collegiate golfer. How do you feel when these guys on Twitter are just trying to even go toe-to-toe with you? Oh, it's definitely frustrating because I did play at such a high level, and they'll always come at me and say that I'm not good enough to talk about it because I didn't win a major or I wasn't good enough. And I'm like, I still played professionally. But it's so weird on the flip side because you see so many guys in golf media, and they always praise them because they're not professionals and they're just like them. And so it's so weird to see the dynamic of guys supporting other guys because they can relate on that level, but then they come at me for everything that I say or tweet or do. And I'm like, I can't win. Like I'm not bad enough and I'm not good enough. And even if I wasn't good enough, it would still be the same topic over and over and over again. And so there's definitely days where I like won't even look at my mentions. I'll try not to reply to anything. But I think I've gone to the point where I'm so desensitized that I've been doing this for, I think, almost five years now, 
and I'm not even saved by what people say to me anymore, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I don't even really think twice about it. And I kind of just have this like, I don't care attitude and I'm going to post what I want to post and do what I want to do. And if people are interacting, then that's good enough for me. I mean, that's what we want, right? We want people to leave comments and likes and kind of start a discussion. So I try to turn it into a positive but there's definitely days where if I'm in a bad mood and someone says something I I like I can't even deal with it I'll just like put my phone away (laughs) and try not to even think about the response they just gave me right and isn't it so weird that almost like to do well as a chick in this industry that's kind of how you have to be just thick thick skin and shit like that can't phase you because you'll get nothing done or you'll just get branded as someone who whines about everything yeah, I remember in like the beginning of my career where I was getting a lot of hate. I was like pretty sensitive and everything people said really hurt me. And I would talk about it a lot. And and I think people started to get really irritated because it was like, you're always whining about it. You're always complaining. And it was to the point where it's like, okay, I can't talk about that anymore. I might as well just deal with it. It's never going to go away. At some level, they are right. It's like, if I don't want to do this, I don't have to be in digital media. I could do something else. And this is what I love, like what I love to do and what I want to do. But there's so many obstacles just besides you know, like stupid guys leaving weird responses that we have to deal with. I think something that I'm really struggling with now is with my new podcast is trying to create relationships with other male athletes. And I I can't do that. Like we are at such a disadvantage because we can't just have a good relationship, like a friendly relationship with them. It always gets weird. And so it's hard to get guests and like have them come on and have it be normal and fun compared to like some of my other guys who have played professional and they grew up with these guys and played with them week in and week out. And they have that friendship and they can easily just ask them to come on. And it's, you know, everything is just so much like easier for them in a sense. And I'm just realizing how difficult we have it and how hard it is. And not only is it hard for us because we have guys against us, but I also think that we have women against us too, because we're all so competitive against each other at times. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, for starters, such a boys club, most sports aren't. It sucks because it's like, not only do you have to get in the door, but once you're there, you just have to continue to keep proving yourself all the time. But tell us about your podcast. Yeah, it's called Playing Around with Paige Renee. And I'm about six months into it now. So it's still fairly new. And I've been loving it. I wasn't sure how it was going to be if I was going to like having a podcast. But I just got so tired of working with other companies and then having complete creative control over my content or what I can do or what I can say. And I actually got in a situation where I had a job and I posted something unrelated to them on my Instagram and they found it offensive and it was very PG and they ended up having me fired because of it. And at that moment, I said, I am done (laughs) trying to conform to what people want me to be, especially in golf, because it's such a conservative sport. It's a boys club and there's so many double standards. And I said, I want to have my own platform where I can say what I want to say and be completely unfiltered. And so that's kind of what the podcast is. And it's been really fun to not be scared to say what I want to say. You know, I can do what I want to do and and it's nice and I've really been enjoying it. Just having that creative freedom where you know you're not going to step on any toes and you're not going to offend anyone. You can just like actually be yourself and produce the content that you want out there with your name on it. 
I mildly run into that just like with Nesson owning the Red Sox and the Bruins. Sometimes you just want to like, especially the Red Sox right now, sometimes you just want to rip them apart. And it's like, you kind of got to think like, okay, I'm also representing my employer. So especially as a woman, I can only imagine how liberating that must feel for you. Yeah, because we can't do or say anything. I mean, for example, Phil Mickelson, it was on national television during a major made a sex joke literally on national tv and people laughed about it and they're like making jokes about it on twitter saying like phil fucks and i just thought about it from my perspective i was like can you imagine if we said that if we made a sex joke it, we would not be praised for it we would be slut shamed for it and so it's hard because i know there's going to be things that i say on the podcast that are not going to get a positive reaction but at the end of the day, I want to stay true to myself and put out authentic content. And that's what I do. And so at least I can go to bed happy knowing that, you know, I'm doing what I want to do and not feeling forced by other people to put out certain type of content. Absolutely. Speaking of content, I'm glad you brought it back to golf because finally we had our first major tournament in over a year, right? With the PGA Championship this past weekend? Yeah. Yeah, it was a long time coming, and it was a really great tournament, which was, you know, great for golf. So it was exciting. Uh, there were a lot of people in contention. It came down to the wire. So it was, it was a good tournament. Yeah, I mean, you have, what, six or seven guys really right there tied for the lead late in the round. And then this 23-year-old kid comes out of nowhere and wins it all. All the drama between Brooks Kepka and Bryson. You have Justin Thomas dropping F-bombs on the hot mic. I mean... I don't know, like it was good to have a major back. I know there was no fans and stuff, but like with all the drama, it kind of felt so much more fun to me to watch on Sunday and then the anticipation of the Brooks and Bryson drama that's been happening for like two years now. I'm curious on your take on that, if you think that's good for golf to have kind of these like very outspoken rivalries or if you think... Brooks or either Bryson are just drama queens. I'm interested on in your take on that. I think it's great for golf. People have a misconception of golfing stuffy and an old man sport. And most of the time it isn't a misconception. They're actually right. And so I think without fans, it's been good because you can actually see the players and they're on the hot mic. They're dropping F-bombs and they seem more relatable and golfers never really seem that relatable because they're super rich and, you know, exclusive and elitist and they can't relate to them, but I feel like they're actually becoming relatable. And I love the Brooks Bryson controversy and them going back and forth. I so think it's going to bring a lot of new people. Yeah. It's going to bring a lot of new people into the game. For example, like I have never really been a huge baseball fan, but I've been watching it recently since we're just kind of stuck home. And the fight, that's what gets me excited. You right? know, I was all in on like Joe Kelly and them going back and forth. And I think that's what golf needs. And, you know, me not being a baseball fan, that like, that got me fired up. And I was like, I want to know more about him. And I want to know more about, I want to watch all the games and I want to see the next game and how they interact with each other. And so like, I've been keeping up with it. And I think that's what, golf definitely means they need that controversy they need guys going back and forth because at the end of the day sports is entertainment and you need the conflict you need the shit talking you 
need that. And I think it's been great for golf. And I really hope that Brooks keeps it up. And I hope that other players start to kind of battle him back and forth too. Hell yeah. I mean, it's funny you bring up Joe Kelly because uh, Gabrielle and I <laughs> know him pretty well. He used to play for the Red Sox as well before going to the Dodgers, but that's very much his brand. The instigator. Not kind the of, first time. <laughs> not, yeah, it's not the first time he's been doing this and like just chirping guys from the mound. And it's so funny to see. And I think Joe Kelly knows what he's doing. And I'm wondering if, I mean, obviously Bryson DeChambeau could probably annoy some other guys on tour with just his antics. And I mean, I think it's cool that he has a reputation for kind of using like science and analytics in golf, but um, I can see how some guys would want to make fun of him. But I'm wondering if you think Brooks being such a little brat to him is kind of all contrived and that Brooks knows what he's doing for his own brand and for golf, or if it's just like genuine hate. I think Brooks understands his brand and he plays better with a chip on his shoulder. And so I think most of the times he kind of says certain things to rile himself up to play better, but he also understands that it's fun. I think he sees the bumps in social media when he says certain things and he knows how to get a reaction out of people. On the flip side though, with Bryson, he doesn't understand his brand. And so I think that's where a lot of people get frustrated with him because he thinks he's just like this good old wholesome scientist boy. In reality, he like kind of is also a jerk too. Like he can get into it and he can say certain things. And so I like when guys lean into what their brand is and they play that up instead of being afraid of you know, being their true selves. And I wish Bryson would kind of play into, you know, the more kind of harder side of him where he does get in conflicts and he does kind of like to shit talk. And, you know, he kind of hides that sometimes. And I think that's what frustrates people about Bryson is that he doesn't own up to the mistakes that he's made or things that he says. And he just like pretends that like, that's not him. And my brand's this. And so I love when guys like lean into like what their brand really is and plays it up. And again, cause it's entertainment. Like we want to be entertained. Absolutely. Just embrace being the bad guy or yeah, just embrace it. Meanwhile, though, if you were out there dropping F-bombs when you were golfing in a tournament, people would be like, you're not ladylike, you're uncouth, you know, all of these things. So it's like this horrible double standard. I just feel like like no one's talking about what Brooke Kepka's wearing when he goes golfing. Or maybe maybe well, they are, and I just, like, don't read men's golf fashion magazines. I'm not going to lie to you. I comment on uh, Brooks's attire quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. But it's, like, positive stuff. You know, like, they're like, oh, my gosh, she looks so cool. He has the newest sneaker drop or new golf yep, shoes. rocking the baby blue. Really like, yep. Yeah, yeah. It's never, like, negative or did you see how tight his pants are? He's definitely a whore. Like, no one would ever say that. And it's so funny because, like, what I wear on the golf course is considered extremely, like, risque. And it's, like, a Lululemon tank top and, like, a Lululemon skirt. And I'm, like, I see girls wearing that in the gym, around the house, like, anywhere. Well, when we used to be outside and living normal lives. <laughs> um, but – People literally call me like a porn star or a stripper, or they say that I'm like completely naked and I'm wearing like normal clothes. Golf is just set back 20 centuries ago. Like golf has never progressed. And it's just so weird, like how the double standards are in golf because it is so male dominated and it's such a boys club. 
And also for that reason, like, I don't know about you, Paige, you probably have much better connections and like access, especially in the area you live in. Are you still in Arizona or? Yeah, I'm in Arizona. Yeah. So like golf capital of the country. I don't know if you have less of an issue with this, but for me, finding cute shit to wear playing golf is impossible. Like it's just not made. And I've had this conversation with Riggs over at Barstool, the host of the Foreplay podcast. And I'm like, Riggs, you got to bring some women's clothes into this line because there is nothing cute out there for girls. And that's why we continue to get slut shame for wearing leggings and like athletic tank tops on the course. And it's because there's no options for us. No, none. And he, like, I saw it's cool that he did a women's line, but he drops, like, a polo. And it's just... <laughs> I was like, I have some skirt ideas for you. Let's sit down, like, because it's it's so necessary. Yeah, it's just so hard because I was like, maybe I should get into golf clothing. But the market is so small because not a lot of women play golf. And it's just impossible to make clothes for women for all the different body shapes and especially like for golf in certain clubs are really strict with their dress code still. So you can't go with just a normal skirt. Like it has to be down to your knees. And I just refuse to play at certain golf clubs because I don't feel good going there. And even when I am dressed appropriately, I walk in and all the eyes are on me. And uh, and then I start to question, is my shirt too tight? Is my skirt too tight? Do I look okay? And it's really uncomfortable. And I get really self-conscious about it. And I can see why a lot of women don't want to play golf because it's so hard walking into a place that you're unfamiliar with. And then on top of that, they're not welcoming and they don't make you feel comfortable. It's almost like they want to push you out because they want to keep it the way that it is. They don't want women there. And I think I would say this, but fashion is such a big part of it. If you create cute golf clothes people are going to want to go and look cute like when you look good you feel good and you feel better going into a place you feel unfamiliar with but there's been so many times that I've been kicked off of a golf course because of what I'm wearing and I looked at the guy next to me and he's wearing like these ugly cargo pants and like a gross old polo and I'm like I look better than him my outfit costs more. I put more effort into it so it's like why is that okay if he's wearing that but I can't wear like a nice athletic fit. It's such a like annoying double standard too there because with your platform and all you've done for the sport of golf, for a course to kick you off, it's like if you only freaking knew what I could help you with, with like your following and stuff, just one tweet or one Instagram post about like, oh, I loved this course, had a great round, would be great for that country club or for that public course. And it's just like, meanwhile, love the kid. But like Riggs and Trent and all those guys, they're being kind of celebrated for taking an unconventional approach to their golf coverage, where like you on the other end kind of get shamed for it. Yeah, and like I I love those guys so much, but there's definitely times that it's frustrating for me because they talk about the hate that they get. And I'm like, you guys don't even understand it. You are celebrated for it, for being different and not being traditional golf but they still got opportunities. I don't even get those opportunities because companies or clubs, they don't want to be associated with me because people have such a negative opinion of me just based on like what I wear. And again, to even see them be praised for, you know, being the common man and none of them have played professionally. None of them played in college, none played junior golf. And I did all of those things. And there's definitely times where it's like, okay, 
don't be jealous. Like try not to like, cause once they do better, I do better. And I think that's something we definitely need to hold on to. But there are days where I get really frustrated that, and I've almost actually seen them go a more of a traditional route, you know, like Riggs is now working with pretty traditional golf companies. And it's great to see that they're getting that opportunity, but I hope that they continue to still be untraditional and to kind of mix it up and cause some ruckus because we need more of that. I think when they do that, that helps me. And when I do it, it helps them. And so I think that we just need to kind of work together. And that's like the hard part is not being jealous of other people who are successful or that are maybe, I don't want to say it has been easier for them because it's definitely not. I think it's really hard for anyone in golf being unconventional to get opportunities, but it's, it's cool to see that they're doing it. I just wish that it would be extended to me as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We may not be at the ballpark this year, but we're still celebrating opening day with the grill on in the backyard. If you like the smoke and flame of the grill as much as you love pitchers serving up high heat, Baseball Barbecue has the perfect customizable grill tools for fans. Their patented baseball bat handles replicate actual wood bat dimensions to give Baseball Barbecue's tools the familiar feel of a well-made baseball bat. And the stainless steel grill tools bring more features than a five-tool player. For food prep, Baseball Barbecue offers handcrafted maple and walnut cutting boards made in partnership with U.S.-made bat maker McDougal & Sons Bat Company, as well as t-shirts and hats to show your passion for America's two great pastimes. Baseball Barbecue is offering listeners of Girl at the Game 15% off their entire order right now by entering the code GATG15 at checkout. So if you're outfitting your grilling kitchen or shopping gifts for the ultimate baseball fan, go to baseballbbq.com to pick up your baseball grill gear today. That's code GATG15 at baseballbbq.com. And I mean, I think it's a frustrating thing in most sports where when a guy is doing something unconventional, um, kind of breaking the mold, doing things differently, they're kind of called a renegade or a maverick. Like they get these words that are associated with them where it's like implying this like awesome, badass, powerful thing. But then, you know, you're breaking the mold in what honestly I feel like is a more important way because you're making golf more accessible for women as opposed to them kind of just like being like normalized, wearing a dirty t-shirt and cargo shorts on a golf course. And like when you do it, there's this awful double standard of like, she's dressing like a slut. She's doing this. She's doing that. She's like unladylike. A guy will get called a renegade and you get called unladylike as if it's like 19 freaking 15. Well, and the weird thing is too, is like, I've done a lot of content with untraditional media companies and I seem to get hate for it, but then they're praised for it. And I'm like, we literally were in the same video. Like we did the same thing. Like why, yeah. why is it okay for them to do it? And I can't do it. I'm like, we said the same things. We did the same things. It's just, it's mind boggling. And it's so, it's so frustrating. It is so frustrating because I just feel like in my career, I should be 15 steps ahead. And yet I'm literally like clawing my way to get any kind of like respect from them or anything, like literally anything. I'll take, I'm like taking crumbs. <laughs> totally, can totally, totally relate. It's so frustrating sometimes to just kind of remember that like your life journey is your own life journey but at the same time like the way that the world works totally dictates a lot of your success in life like you can be the most qualified person in the room 
And if you don't look the right way or you're not the right gender for what they think it's supposed to be for, it doesn't really matter if you're doing everything right because the cards are just going to be stacked against you. But I think one of the most frustrating things, and you've spoken about this before, is not so much even when it's men who are bringing you down or slut shaming or doing any of those things, but when it's women versus women. Talk to us about that a little bit. When you were on the cover of Golf Digest, I forget what year it was, like 2017 or something. And I follow you on Instagram. I respect you. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. She's on the cover of Golf Digest. That's huge for her. And then I like am watching ESPN and seeing some of like, as a sports writer, some of the most influential people that I look up to, like Sarah Spain and Jackie McMullen and Jamel Hill, kind of like debating whether you deserve the cover or not. And some of Sarah Spain's comments just floored me. Yeah, it's sad to say I wasn't surprised by it. I feel like we are all so competitive with each other because we have to be. There's only such a small amount of spots available for us to get certain jobs. And it's not our fault. We're just doing what we need to do to survive. It's sad because I want to be able to support other women. I want other women to support me. The thing that frustrates me the most, though, is when they're so quick to judge me and then they'll preach about women's empowerment or they'll judge me and they've done something in their past where they've had bikini pictures or they have used their body to get ahead. And that's fine. That's their prerogative. Like I support women doing whatever they want to do, but it's just so crazy to see as soon as they are in that position of influence, how they tend to change the way that they're thinking, or they won't even think twice about cutting another woman down. But then if it happens to them, it's like the worst thing ever. And so it's been hard. And I never really got like full apology from Sarah Spain for saying what she did. And I think that really hurts. I think she just kind of threw out a tweet, but she never personally reached out to me. And that's always kind of rubbed me the wrong way because I feel like her platform is all about, I mean, she did a whole series on negative comments towards women and bullying. How are you going to (laughs) Okay. So for our listeners who aren't familiar, so Sarah Spain of ESPN's exact quote, about Paige was, I don't give many props to Golf Digest, but I'll give them props on finding a way to make it seem like it made sense to have this total nobody on their cover. She's the next big thing. How innovative. She takes her clothes off on Instagram. Way to go, Golf Digest. And then has the audacity to turn around and with Julie DiCario do this really powerful social media video for this social media campaign where men read out mean tweets that they get. And this isn't even some nobody tweeting at you. It's so much worse because she's saying these things on air about another woman. And like, it's crazy that you're saying she never personally apologized to you because she definitely publicly tried to give you a half-assed one. But like, it's really disheartening to know she never reached out to you personally. Yeah. And I get it because in golf and in all sports too, I don't feel like women athletes get the recognition that they deserve. And that's a big problem. And it's something we definitely have to work on. And so there was controversy around me getting the cover of Golf Digest because at the time I hadn't had a professional win. But here's the thing. It was what's happening in the digital space. And at that time, I was close to being the most followed golfer. And so 
that's an accomplishment in itself. And people always try to diminish my accomplishments and compare me to other girls. And like, I'm what I'm doing is completely different than someone else. And so no, it sucks. Like it really sucks because I always feel and I'm sure you guys feel this way too. It's like, even if you accomplish something, it's not good enough. And you have to do more. And then you almost start to feel bad for yourself or like, you're not doing enough or you haven't accomplished enough. And it kills you. Like, I wake up some days and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, is this what I really want to be doing? Like, how am I helping? What's the end goal here? Is there, am I even going to be working towards something that I can have a like equal opportunity at getting a, a job in the future? Like, it's just so difficult. Like, it really beats you up day in and day out. And then to feel alone in that because you don't have, of course, I don't expect all men to support me, but they're a hell of a lot more supportive than women. I feel like women are the worst they should be the most supportive. We should be helping each other out. And we're not, we're not at all. And even if we are doing it publicly, we're not doing it privately. And I feel like we tend to talk about other women behind their backs all the time, whether it's friends, whether it's women in the industry, whether whoever it may be, like we're always so catty. And I just feel like we need to change as a whole if we really want to be taken more seriously and have more opportunity. We're more powerful together than we are apart. You're right. And it really does go back to what you just said about we're kind of pitted against each other because it's so competitive where maybe we should just start being competitive with our guy colleagues instead of our women colleagues. Yeah, I mean, there just needs to be a complete culture change. And I feel like maybe things are starting to turn around where people are understanding the gender and racial bias that's going on in the world and we're moving and positive ways forward but it's going to take a lot of time and I don't know if I'll see in my lifetime but hopefully like my kids will have equal opportunity in their lifetime absolutely I I think it's a huge problem also like I saw your golf digest cover and it was gorgeous and you were wearing like a full outfit of clothing not that it matters you could wear whatever you want but the fact that she was saying like you take your clothes off in a magazine. Like, first of all, you're wearing like pants and a shirt on the cover. It's not like you're licking an ice cream cone while covered in baby oil on the hood of a golf cart. I don't personally see anything that warrants that kind of comment from a fellow woman. And I know that we talk about women having to fight for a limited amount of space in this industry, but Sarah Spain's not trying to be a professional golfer. You're not taking space away from her. It's almost like once you get to the top, then you feel like you're invincible. And maybe she thought that she was better than me because she has this job at ESPN. I don't know why she said it. I mean, there's no reason for her to say that unless she just wanted to make herself feel better. I I, I don't understand it. People bring it up all the time, though. And it, it is nice that people seem to support me. And they don't really agree with what she says. But again, I guess I would just like a private apology. That's all I'm asking for. And I, like I said, I've never received it. She never talks about it. And even when people tweet about it, still, she just blocks them. And then they'll message me and they'll be like, yeah, she was really upset. And she blocked me. (laughs) Three years later. Wow. This is three years ago. If she just kind of came out, apologized and said, I was totally wrong. And this was where my head was at when I was saying these things. And this is the point I was actually trying to make. I don't think people would not forgive her. It would just like clear up a lot of air too. And playing it the way she has, it's just, it's sad to see because it's like, as a writer, she is someone I really looked up to. Yeah. 
you made an interesting point when you said that like overall you think men are I don't want to say like more supportive but they're less cruel maybe I think when it comes to the cyberbullying and stuff like that I've had a similar experience I mean obviously you know you get the occasional guy who's like you're a bitch um I had one yesterday you know stuff like that but I feel like it hurts more when it comes from other women for this exact reason because it's like, well, we're supposed to be the ones building each other up and supporting each other in a male-dominated industry. And like with women also, it's more calculated. Like they're saying things that are more hurtful in like a specific way. Like a man will just kind of be like, you're a bitch, you're a slut. But with women, like they'll kind of pick you apart in that very junior high school clicky way, knowing exactly the nasty thing to say about you to like make you want to just curl up in a ball and die. And I think that that's like, honestly, a lot worse because it's like, well, women have it so much harder in this world already than men without women going against each other. Yeah, they definitely know. We we know how to play on each other's insecurities and it hurts 10 times more when a woman says something than when a man says something. And you're right, because it's calculated. They're saying it for a reason and they want you to remember what they said and they want to hurt you. And, And there's so many times too where I'll just get passive aggressive compliments or even in person they'll be fake to me or they'll just do or say certain things and even when I they're trying to appear nice I know they're not I know it's fake you know and that, I think that's what's so hard about it. like I I haven't found a lot of really good solid female friends in the golf industry or just in sports in general and it's sad like I wish I had a better community of women around me that I could go to when we're dealing with all of the same problems. All of us are dealing with the same problems. And I don't know why we just continue to push each other away or make it harder. And I just wish we could be more friendly. I mean, even when I go to events, like it's so hard to go up to another woman and start talking to her because I always automatically assume that she's judging me or she's not going to like me or she's going to say something or she's going to talk about me later on and it's just hard like I just wish we could just be nicer well hey girl at the game podcast you're welcome anytime uh but I really respect that that being said you've taken all these really negative feelings and these things that have happened to you and kind of channeled it into something really good to try to make a difference and we want to talk to you about your work with CyberSmile Yeah, so I'm an ambassador for CyberSmell, which is an anti-bullying organization focusing on cyberbullying. When I first started out, I mentioned this earlier, that I was getting a ton of hate and I wasn't handling it well. And I wanted to work with an organization that could, one, help me, but then I could help other people. And so I found CyberSmile four years ago now. And the founder, his daughter almost took her own life due to cyberbullying. And so he really understood what kids are going through, especially in in the digital age. They've helped me a lot overcome things that I have gone through. And I think the biggest thing is when you say bullying, people just assume that it's like mean things that people say to you, like a mean name. But it's so much more than that. It's stalking, cyber stalking, it's blackmail, it's harassment, there's revenge porn, there's so many different facets of what makes up cyberbullying. And so it's been fun to talk about that with adults and with kids and teenagers to explain it more. 
And I just feel like a lot of times parents don't really understand it. And so since like a lot of dads follow me and I feel like they can understand their kids a lot better. I also go to, well, I used to, can't go to schools anymore, but um, boys and girls clubs and I go to middle school and just talk to like big groups of girls about how to treat other people. And it gets, those are scary. Like it's scary going to a middle school and talking to girls about it because they're cruel. Like middle school sucks. And I can see a change after, and it's been good to talk about. It's been good for me, too, to use their resources that they have to help me through some of the issues that I have gone through. And it kind of makes what I'm doing all worth it. And those days where I'm questioning, like, am I contributing to society by putting up pictures on Instagram? Like, this makes it worth it, all of the work that I do with CyberSmile. That's amazing. And I think it's stuff like that is so important. And it's definitely going to become even more prevalent as we continue into this age where it's like so technologically driven and so heavy on social media, because a lot of people who don't use social media the way that we do, they don't understand how much of your life, how much of your time, your energy, like your emotions, everything are tied into your online presence. Like, my parents will be like, oh, it's just the internet, or they used to, and like now they get it more. But people will be like, oh, it's just the internet, you know, it's just social media. As if someone on the other end of that device isn't telling you to kill yourself or telling you that you look like a whore. And I mean, I think that that's a really scary thing about being a kid. You could not pay me to be a middle schooler in 2020 with kids having cell phones and Instagrams and TikToks and just having a completely next level medium to bully the crap out of each other. I mean, it was bad enough. And we just had like AIM. Yeah. (laughs) The worst thing someone was going to do to you when we were in sixth grade was like, say, you know, Gabrielle sucks in their away message for one day. And like, that was it. They take and you out of their like, profile. They take yeah. you out of their AM Your, your MySpace top, top 10. Yeah. <laughs> Hell no. Like, no, I would never want to go back and be in middle school or high school. But the hard thing is now, even back then, everything was kind of to your face. And so when someone was bullying you or didn't like you, you knew and you knew who was saying that stuff. But now it's all these private accounts and you don't know who's talking to you. And that's like the scariest part. And CyberSmile says that when it's from a private account, majority of the time, it's someone really close to you, either a friend or a family member. And that's like the worst part about it. Like people are creating fake accounts to privately talk shit to you. Like that sucks. Like that's scary. And I think that's the part that still always gets me really freaked out is when I'll get threats from someone and I don't know who they are. I don't know where they live. I don't know if it's someone next door to me. And like, that's super scary. And that's the thing. It's like, people can say like, oh, just brush it off your shoulder as much as you want. It's just random people on the internet. But it's still the fact of the matter is that that random person on the internet or whoever they may be felt compelled enough to take time out of their day to make you feel bad about something. Yeah, it's crazy. I I could never do that. Like, I can't even imagine doing that. Even when I am so mad at someone and I dislike them, I could never leave a hateful comment towards someone publicly. It's just weird the way that they think about it. But 
I always try to be positive for the most part. I've kind of switched it up. In the beginning, I would always reach out to them and take the time to see how they're doing. Because most of the time, if someone leaves you a hateful comment, they're struggling too, and they're just kind of asking for help. And 99% of the time, they'll turn around, they'll apologize, they'll be a fan for life. But I've noticed now that it's it's hard to do that since I do get so many hate comments, but I just kind of have fun with it. And I think that's what you have to do. You can't take it too seriously. And I always think of myself on the internet, like that's my persona. That's not who I am. And people don't really know the real me. And even though I try to be very open and honest about my life, it's still, they don't know me. And so anytime someone says something hateful, I try to turn it around and make it into a joke or turn it into a positive or something just so I don't let it eat at me. Cause it's so easy to get one comment and have it ruin your entire day. And I try not to do that anymore. And I'm not saying I'm perfect at it. There's definitely days where it really gets to me, especially if someone makes a comment that's very personal. If someone calls me a whore or a slut or a bitch or whatever, I don't really care about that. But when they say things about like my parents or my family or, you know, like my golf career, that's like when it really hurts. So I'll usually just try to block them, but you, you can't let it get to you. And that's what's so hard about it. It's like you can't, you can't feel bad for yourself for being on social media and you do have to have like thick skin. Yeah, the thick skin takes time to develop, though. I mean, because I have friends who are younger than me getting into the industry and they'll come to me and I'm like, the two biggest things you need to learn in this industry aren't even about like the actual work. It's about developing a thick skin and knowing how to take social media breaks. Those are the two biggest things that have changed how I use social media. And honestly, it's made such a huge difference just realizing that I can log off and not have any kind of FOMO. Like the first time I took a weekend off from Twitter, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to miss so many jokes. I'm going to miss so much this. I'm going to miss so much that. Honestly, I didn't miss a damn thing. Yeah, I'm sure I missed something viral, but you know what? I read a whole book. I went on a bike ride. I played with my dog and realizing that I could do stuff like that totally changed how I use this tool. I mean, obviously I need it, but I also don't need it. And that realization is something I am trying so hard to pass on to younger girls that come to me for advice because I see them getting bullied and getting totally ripped apart just for existing, like literally everything they tweet. And it hurts me so bad because they're not even doing anything that merits attack. Like, I mean, honestly, most things in this world don't merit attack and we attack anyway, but simply for just like being a woman in sports online, they're getting so much crap thrown their way. And it is so important to learn how to like unplug and just remember that, you know, on the one hand, this shit is real and it's painful and it's awful. But on the other hand, you can log off and go back to living like your real life and make sure that that is like a great life that you're living. Because at the end of the day, you can just turn off your social media. You can't turn off your real life. And so my priorities totally shifted and it made such a huge difference. Paige, tell us what is next for you. Like, what do you have coming down the pipe? What are you working on besides the podcast? What are you looking forward to in this? I mean, there's not a lot to look forward to in this crazy time, but what are you kind of focusing on going forward? 
you know, it's so hard because everyone always asks me that question. Like, what does the next five years look for you, 10 years? Like, what do you want to do next? And I think it's so hard to have an answer for that when it comes to digital media because I don't know what platforms are going to be popular or how things are going to change moving forward. I think the only thing that I can really control is to continue to put out good, funny content. And I've been kind of shifting my content into being more funny and showing more personality and putting out more. I think sometimes I get so scared of like what I put out there and I always question it. So I've just been trying to put out as much as I can and to switch it up and to change it up. But I, I just want things to get back to normal so I can start going to events again and actually like doing my job. That would be nice. Like that would be nice to travel again and to go to tournaments. I, I miss it so much. But moving forward to get just putting out really good content, trying to be a positive light on social media and that's the only thing I really feel like I can control. And if you continue to put out good content, new opportunities are going to come and I'm just trying to focus on that. So one thing we ask all of our guests before we wrap up the show is for their favorite sports memory. So what is yours? It can be something you were watching, playing in, attending, whatever. Mm, I would probably say my personal favorite that I've accomplished was my senior year of college. I played golf at San Diego State University. Our team won conference and it was the first time in school history women that women's golf did that. And it was so much fun because when I came in, the program wasn't doing all that great. And we turned it around to be a top 20 program in the nation. And it was just so cool to see. As a sports fan, I would say Tiger Woods winning the Masters, 2019 Masters. That was yeah. I mean, yeah. to watch it on TV and to see us come back, that was like the biggest moment. I don't, I don't even think in that's golf, such, but in That's such a where world. were you when Tyre made the ultimate comeback moment? I mean, I cried. Like, I feel like every <laughs> ride is just like such a big moment. So I think that was probably my favorite uh, sports memory. Just and We were just like watching it from home too. And it just felt like bigger than you and bigger than sports. It was just such a cool moment to see. And this year is a bit weird, but they're still going to have it. So we'll see how he plays in the next Masters. Yeah. How do you think it'll be them rolling up to Augusta in November? It's going to be really cool to see the golf course in a different way because we've only yeah, ever seen the foliage it. And stuff. One, yeah, we've only ever seen it one way. And I think it's actually going to be really interesting to see it without patrons this year because I actually like watching golf without fans because you can really see the golf course. And I think for the people who have never been to Augusta before, they're going to see the course in a bit of a different way. And I think it's going to be an interesting viewing experience for everyone in a positive way and something that's a little bit different. I'll mix it up and then everything will get back to normal again. But I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be different and interesting. That's such a great point that you make about being able to actually see the course instead of just these huge galleries that turn up for the masters if they're lucky enough to get in. But you're right. I think yeah. we will see a whole different side of Augusta national that none of us were really privy to. If that course is very different than how you think it is on TV. Like it's very undulating, a lot of elevation changes. You can't really see that on TV. And so I think without people there, you'll get to see it a little bit more. Wow. I definitely need to up my golf game if I'm going to keep hanging out with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I have one mini golf hole in one to my name, and that's my entire golf career. Hey, something so, to build on. Actually, you know what, though? I have been to a driving range, and it was very fun. Kind of felt like swinging a baseball bat. So It's um, not supposed but, to, though. It's not supposed to. <laughs> okay, well, then never mind. Keep <laughs> that arm straight. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. One day, we'll Paige, go, we'll can go. give me a lesson. Yeah, you help um, me with my baseball knowledge, and I'll give you golf lessons. Oh, that is a perfect deal. You came to the two right people. I am an encyclopedic baseball weirdo. Paige, thank you so much for being our guest and coming on the show and for just like being a total badass woman in sports, um, someone that we can all just look up to in terms of how you handle yourself and how you just don't take shit from people. It's so important to show that to the industry instead of showing, you know, women versus women. And it's just amazing. Tell everybody where they can find your podcast, where they can find you on social media, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, first off, thanks for having me on. It's so nice to talk to other women in sports and I'm glad we found each other and I can't wait so we can actually like hang out in person and talk about all these things again. But you can find me on Instagram at Paige Renee and then on Twitter and Facebook. It's my full name, Paige Sporanic, as well on YouTube. And then you can find my podcast with iHeart. You can find it anywhere that you get your podcast. It's called Playing a Round. Awesome. Thanks so much. And then put you on the spot one last time. We always let our guests choose our outro song. So what is yours? Oh, my gosh. Um... I know it's harder than the favorite I, sports memory thing. <laughs> we always have people on the spot and they're like, crap. Uh, this is the song I just always go to for anything. You guys are going to laugh. Fifth Harmony, Work. work <laughs> it's like my... Oh, that's a great song. Like my, it's a great song. It's a great song. And it works for everything. And then people always end up using it after. But that that's my song. That's like my go-to song. Love it. It has a good beat for like doing sit-ups and stuff like that. Like it has a good workout beat for reps. It's upbeat and that's what I like. I like happy and upbeat. That's awesome. And guys, as always, you can find us on social media at Girl at the Game on Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe and rate and share with your friends. And of course, follow Paige and check out her podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in and we will talk to you next week. You don't gotta go to work, 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 work,